0: It's from the book of Acts, and this, uh, this is a book of the Bible that tells the story of the early church after Jesus has, has lived, has died, and rose again, and, and then uh, ascended up to heaven and left his Holy Spirit to guide and lead the church. And the early church began to grow, but was persecuted and the great persecution was, uh, well, led perhaps by a man called Saul. And this is an account from Acts chapter 9 about how Saul, the great persecutor, came to faith. Thank you, Derek. We're reading from Acts
1: uh, chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now, get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do.
0: Thank you, Derek, and thanks to God for that word. The dramatic encounter of, uh, of Saul with, uh, with Jesus through his spirit. And he did; Saul did go into the city and was told what to do and he had a dramatic conversion, some of us have dramatic conversions, some of us have very gradual conversions. Saul became a leader of of the church, and in the Bible, in the New Testament, quite a lot of the, uh, the books, the letters of the Bible were written by Paul to various places. And the church grew and the Holy Spirit was very much in evidence. I'm going to explore this maybe next week a a little more. But then Paul, because he changed his name by this time, such a change in his life from Saul to Paul, he became persecuted. He was arrested because he was a Christian and all sorts of adventures and difficulties. In the end, he pleaded to the Roman government, because he was a Roman citizen, to be sent to Rome for trial. And so they put him on board a prison ship and sent him off to Rome. But on the way, there was a dramatic storm. And uh, in the end, the ship got run aground on a sandbank and some swam to shore. Some uh, just grabbed hold of any pieces of wood. And they all landed safely. And our next reading that Steph's going to uh, lead us is what happened next when they landed on this island. Thank you, Steph.
2: This reading is taken from Acts. Acts chapter 28, beginning at verse 1. Ashore on Malta. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders (coughs) showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining. And cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time, they seen nothing happening to him. They changed their minds and said he was a god There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home, and for three days, entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to him, and after prayer, placed his hands on him, and hailed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honoured us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Steph. So they were shipwrecked in Malta and Paul had a big effect on that island. The miracle of the snake, the healings, especially Publius, the chief official. And the church was founded in Malta and is still alive and active now. How do I know? Because this time last week I was there on the island of Malta. I've got a a slide to prove it. There we are, a family holiday in Malta. You know how, uh, you know the phrase, if something's too good to be true, it probably isn't? Well, I thought that for this holiday, because somebody had phoned up Sally and said, do you want a cheap holiday in Malta? Yes, she said. Oh, well, it's a timeshare sort of deal, and, uh, and if you go there, all you'll have to do is listen to a, a talk on timeshare. If you don't want it, that's fine, um, uh, but you'll get a cheap holiday in Malta out of it. She said, yes, I'll go for that. I thought, that's silly. There's got to be a catch. Anyway, we went, and there wasn't. In fact, the salesman turned to us and said, look, to be honest, you don't earn enough to have a timeshare. This isn't for you. But just enjoy your holiday. And that's what we did in this fabulous place and that was wonderful. And it got me thinking, I was thinking a lot on the holiday, but sometimes the Christian faith sounds too good to be true. Come to God, your sins can be forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. How good is that? Surely there must be some catch. Well, the only catch is just give your life to the Lord. And then he'll help you through your life, not only at church on Sunday, but all through your, your life. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just like this little light of mine said. Surely there must be some catch. No, God gives a purpose to us. Anyway, we enjoyed our time at the, at the hotel, but we did have a rather worrying guest. Thank you. We never saw him, but we were told that Poirot was also a guest at that time. Now, if you've ever watched Poirot on the TV, if you're a guest at the same hotel, you worry, (laughs) because there's got to be a murder. We didn't see him, and there wasn't, as far as I know, a murder. And perhaps it would have been disappointing if we'd have seen David Suchet, because perhaps he hadn't got a moustache and he he didn't sort of walk along all oddly. And perhaps it would have been a a little bit um, odd to have seen him out of character. Reality and fiction, sometimes, uh, you know, we get a little confused. And with faith, sometimes we can think, well, is it real? Is the Bible real? Well, all I want to do today is just to bring some idea of the reality of the Bible to you. And then hopefully as we come to communion, something of the reality of God will, will impact upon your life. Thank you. This is St. Paul's Bay, the bay in which St. Paul was shipwrecked. It's changed a little since then, I think. And there's Sally, uh, my wife, if you don't know, is taking the service over at LIM today. Um, uh, lovely place. It wasn't so lovely when you, Paul was shipwrecked there, but I'll show you that to illustrate that this was the place. What it says in the Bible, it was there. Thank you. And this is the church that was built to remember that uh, time when uh, when paul was uh, was shipwrecked there and so we went to that church last sunday and it was quite an uncomfortable experience for me as i said i didn't know any of the songs apart from the one that we sung earlier he is lord and i was just getting into it when they stopped and they seemed to just stop they had the odd verse from the odd hymn and so you're just getting into it and then it stops so so if you're visited here and you don't know the songs i share i know what it's like and then it came to communion Now, i really wanted to take communion there but i didn't know if i should do or not and so i didn't and i felt uncomfortable can i say the the bread and the wine Is open to all who love the Lord and everyone's welcome. You don't need to have have signed up for anything but just love the Lord. Nobody welcomed us and the lady with the hymn book came along and didn't say a word, didn't even look at us as just put two hymn books on the pew and there was four of us there and so we had to go. So it wasn't a comfortable experience but I'm glad that I went because this was the place where Paul crashed. And this was the place, thank you, and they've erected a statue for him. And I hope and I pray that uh, something of the reality of that event rubbed off on me and hopefully on all of us. If you were listening to the reading that Steph read, it was uh, then he got invited to the chief official's house, Publius, whose father was ill. And there Paul prayed for him and he, uh, he, he came became well again. Thank you. Well, if you go to Mdina, and you may have been there, you'll see this Cathedral of St. Paul, and that remembers uh, Publius and the event of when um, uh, his father was was made well, and we we visited that as well. We only visited two of the 365 churches in Malta. It's a very Christian country, and it um, doesn't always illustrated by the drivers, the standard of driving. But um, and uh, and the the church was founded because Paul went there and shared about the the gospel. Paul had a an impact, thank you, some of which is quite strange, St. Paul's mini market. But this really brings to the reality to everyday life and over the last year and in the next year, we're going to be still continuing on this whole life discipleship that faith is real, not only on a Sunday, not only um, uh, at special times, but in everyday life, and perhaps this slide illustrates that. And also, thank you, I mean, we got lost at one stage and ended up in something that looked like a refugee camp. And there were all sorts of people dressed differently in sort of African clothing. We found out later it was a Libyan refugee camp. You just get a different perspective sometime. And one of the, the people we was talking to said, yeah, Malta's been really affected by Libya. And when we see Libya on the news, we just think it's some faraway country. Lots of people in Malta have lost their, their revenue because they used to trade with Malta. Lots of people from Libya have come to Malta. And, and so you some, see something of the reality of life, the reality of faith. Thank you. And of course, as Dave led us, about the, the 9-11 and the reality of that but also hopefully the reality of faith in these difficult times as well as the joyful times. And wasn't it wonderful to hear birthdays and, and uh, celebrations of weddings and blessings and, and opportunities as people go off to university, there's all sorts of part of life And it's important to remember the reality of faith in that. I was listening to a radio programme this morning and a lady was talking about her experiences of 9-11. She was there, not only in the Twin Towers, but in a building just next door. And with her was 20 spiritual leaders, including the Archbishop of Canterbury. You may know the story. And just as they were starting their programme... There was a great explosion and, uh, and uh, all this dust and, and everything and then the Twin Towers came crashing down, you know that story. So those people, they were disorientated, they didn't know what to do, these spiritual people, the Archbishop of Canterbury and, and all of the others, anyway, they were led out and, uh, and then this workman, and you can imagine the scene with his orange jacket, led them into this building and he said, you'll be able to breathe here because they couldn't breathe because of all the dust. And then this ordinary working man pulled out from his jacket a Bible. And he didn't know who these people were, uh, religious leaders from around the world. He pulled out a Bible and he said, I think we need to hear something from the word of God. And then he got them all to hold hands. And this ordinary working man led them in prayer. Because they weren't too sure of what was going on and what the future held And I thought that was a fantastic story, that the Archbishop of Canterbury and other leaders were led in prayer by just an ordinary working man. And that is the reality of faith. And this is a slide just trying to illustrate some of the aspects of the book of Acts in the Bible, all about the early church and their their difficulties, their joys as they were learning of what it was like to be Christians. And as we now go into a a hymn and then communion and then just end with a couple of songs, I pray that something of the reality of faith will impact upon each one of us. Whatever our lives are like just at the moment and whatever our lives will be like in this coming week, remember that faith is real and we can bring before God in this time of worship perhaps our concerns, perhaps our joys, and just listen and be led by him. And maybe those who are going off to university will remember the reality of faith at university. Maybe those who are going to all sorts of different situations will remember the reality of faith.